chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Lori Glauser, COO and co-founder of Evio Labs. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, for uh, our listeners, Evio Labs, uh, they uh, are a testing, medical cannabis uh, testing company. Um, Many of you know the importance of having uh, medical testing as well as recreational testing. Uh, Lori, tell us a little bit about Evio Labs. Sure. Evio Labs is a network of analytical testing labs, and we do provide testing for both medical and recreational uh, uh, consumers and for distributors, processors, producers in five states and the province of Alberta, Canada. We were founded in 2014, and we anticipate continuing our growth uh, into California and beyond. What are some of the the biggest challenges you have uh, with regards to testing? Sure. I think the challenges in testing are similar to the challenges we have throughout the cannabis industry, which is the rapid evolution of regulatory change and keeping up with that regulatory change, as well as providing the services that our customers uh, are evolving to need. So, for example, um, in the first year of testing in Oregon, we had up to seven regulatory changes in one year. And with each regulatory change, that meant different ways of, of, uh, of, of not only testing, but ways that we were interacting with our customers. So keeping up with that change is, uh, is clearly a challenge, but we've been able to um, address those changes across the different states and the province now that we, that we operate in. So what are all the states that you operate in currently? So we're currently in Oregon, California, Colorado, Massachusetts, and we have a licensees in Florida, and we test in the province of Alberta, Canada. Now, uh, I would assume uh, regulations uh, vary from every state to state. Now, do you go above and beyond what uh, the regulations would require? They do vary, and we do go above and beyond the regulations. One of the benefits that we have with Evio and having the network of labs is we can take best practices from across the states and really take those best practices where if, for instance, we have a slightly more stringent or more detailed requirement in one state, we can apply those methods uh, and to the other states where it's not quite there. However, I will say that over time, we're seeing a convergence in the testing regulations from state to state. So as each new state comes on with their regulations, they tend to look a lot more, they, they look similar to the state that came before it. So they kind of learn from each other's mistakes over the years. <laughs> so let they me. They do. Uh, the states do, and and so do our labs. Correct. Let me ask you. Uh, this is a question that's always puzzled me. So um, you know, obviously, on a cannabis plant or any plant in general, you're going to have natural variances from site to site on that plant. So how do we unequivocally say that um, there's a certain potency uh, throughout that plant? If you know our samples uh, might be the the premier or, you know, as some people would put it, like the LARF, the underbud, things like that. So how do we delineate those? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. So the way we provide the best 
possible potency result is through rigorous sampling. So many of the states that we test for for require that we perform a random sampling where we will um, select samples, um, little increments from a batch. So let's say a batch size is 15 pounds that's a, uh, of flour. And so we'll go in and we'll take a number of increments, say it's as many as 20 little bits from various parts of the batch at a completely random basis. Then we take all those bits that we've taken from the sample batch and we homogenize them, we grind it all up and we test from that ground flour so we get a an average value from the from the batch. Now there are some states that don't yet have those levels of sampling protocols, um, but I do anticipate those states will begin to uh, implement those sampling. So we don't see as much variance from from flower to flower. Well, it's just so easy to um, kind of hide what uh, the rest of the plant looks like, you know. Um, and if you uh, you know you have your chem dog and it's coming in at twenty two, uh, you know. Uh, percent THC um, but in reality that was one or two sites on the plant and the rest might only be at 12 or 15 um, it becomes a you know a challenge of honesty at that point in a lot of ways and and you know I, I think that uh, if you guys actually are, are going to that extent that's probably the only way that we can actually have any kind of a, a, a true uh, a statement saying this is the average of what that plant is as opposed to just that one premier specimen that's exactly right. And I think we're going to see an increase in, in states implementing those types of samplings. For example, Colorado isn't quite there yet with ensuring the labs are performing the samplings at a statistically sound random sampling methodology. Uh, but the closer we get to that, the better it will be. Because, of course, any grower that may be self-selecting their products would be inclined to choose what they believe is the highest quality uh, flower in their, in their batch. And it's 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 interesting, you know. I've I've talked to several different testing companies over the years, and um, you know, I, I would highly say, or I would I would definitely say that uh, this is the first that I've heard of uh, the the random samplings, as many as twenty per uh, lot. That's that's impressive. So uh, kudos to you guys for doing that. So <laughs> so uh, tell me, uh, as far as uh, Evio Labs, uh, what what are your plans uh, for the for the future right now? What are your growth uh, plans, things of that nature? Sure. So we currently have 11 locations um, with labs either in operation or in development. Our goal is to reach 18 labs by within a year. And with those lab locations, we anticipate providing services to a large ma majority of the growers, processors, and producers in the larger states, for, for instance, Colorado, California, Oregon. Um, we're currently in Massachusetts and Florida. And we're looking, looking even beyond there, including Canada. So we're just going to continue to grow our labs, continue to standardize our methods, and improve our methods so that we can work efficiently, as efficiently as possible. And in addition to that, we're going in the direction of um, our new division called Evio Biosciences. Being a lab, we're in an excellent position to gather data and also develop relationships with a lot of growers, really gives us an opportunity to understand the plant, understand plant science, and we have a number of, of chemists on staff as well who can assist us with uh, not only analyzing the plant, but identifying uh, unique compounds, unique applications for the plant, and, and unique formulations as well. So we're very excited to move forward into that R&D aspect of the business as well. 
How far out do you think you are uh, from from uh, having that on full online? Well, we've actually just recently announced the formation of Evio Biosciences, and we're in the um, planning and initial development stages now. So, within coming quarters and years, we expect to uh, have that built out to a much uh, larger position than we are now. It's very exciting. Very exciting. You know, the more uh, we understand the plant, uh, the better off I think we all will be. Um, too often we, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of just self-reporting, speculation. The more that we're able to really hone the information and, and make it unequivocal, you know, uh, it uh, it just puts our, our standing in, in a much better uh, position. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Lori. Sure. So I joined the cannabis industry in 2014 after being introduced to it through a friend of mine who was actually an investment banker in the space. And he said, you know, this would be a good industry to look at. Prior to then, I had no affiliation with the cannabis industry. I was actually in the energy industry. I was a management consultant and mechanical engineer um, working at various power plants, um, doing uh, working in oil, gas, electricity, um, helping develop that industry. And uh, my ex- expertise with, with uh, business process and business planning led me into the direction of first compliance uh, in general. So we were doing license applications for um, cannabis entrepreneurs. And that led us, myself and my, my partners and our, our co-founder CEO, William Waldrop, to identify where are the best opportunities that we saw in this emerging space. We saw this back in 2013, 2014, we saw this as perhaps the next dot-com of opportunity. And we knew we were in the right place at the right time to leverage our skills and abilities to say, hey, we can make a difference here. Uh, We saw testing as something that not only was an excellent underserved opportunity, but it really aligned with our values of, of safety and compliance. And it's 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 funny the trajectories that we have that uh, bring us into cannabis. You know, more often than not, it is not cannabis related, um, and we just kind of graze past somebody that uh, pulls us in. Um, but it's it's a, a fun uh, story for for a lot of us to to kind of see the trajectory, and um, you know, it's one that I always like to highlight quite a bit. So uh, energy working in power plants to uh, cannabis testing that's yeah. a that's a very unique uh, path. <laughs> yeah, yes, from one plant to another. But I, I will say what I find is, is the regulatory environment of, of cannabis is similar to other highly regula- regulated industries. And my, my background and expertise in, in that uh, policy area and area of compliance um, lends itself really well to being successful in the areas of assisting early entrepreneurs getting their cannabis licenses. And that's what led us to look into uh, into our own licenses. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a unique set of circumstances. Lori, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, folks, Lori Glauser, CEO and co-founder of Evio Labs, we'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com. When we return. 
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We've got Lori Glauser, CEO and co-founder of Evio Labs. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, the trajectory. We often uh, discuss the trajectory, and it, it's definitely a, an interesting one with Lori. Um, so, Lori, I was reviewing your bio, and I noticed that uh, you're uh, the founding chair of Women Grow Las Vegas, and you also served on the Focus Standards Committee. Uh, tell us a little bit about Focus. Sure. Focus is the foundation of Cannabis Unified Standards, and it was also formed around 2014-2015 to provide standards throughout the cannabis industry. They have been doing an excellent job working with ASTM and even international um, on the international scene to standardize, uh, to provide standards uh, across across the industry. I was fortunate enough to be serve on the Sustainability Committee, which was in uh, reference to my prior career where I did a lot of work in energy sustainability. And it is another area of passion of mine to help growers reduce their total energy uh, consumption and so ensure that, that right we're there, building an industry into. collectively that's sustainable. Because I am 100% with you there. Um, you know, uh, my, my personal background, I'm an energy efficient lighting designer, have been for 20 years. And um, I, I also am part owner in uh, ProGrowTech, which is an LED horticulture company. Um, and what I see the industry using and doing, um, it, it's, it's counterintuitive in, in many regards to what a sustainable future looks like. Um, you know, when we're using 1,000-watt metal halides and high-pressure sodiums and we're switching them out two, three times a year, the, just the, the energy footprint is astronomical. Uh, the, the last tally that I saw for the, the cannabis grid or uh, what uh, for the U.S. energy grid, 2% of the entire U.S. energy grid is currently uh, being utilized for known cannabis cultivation, which is a huge number. 
I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> um, so uh, absolutely. These are things that we must do, and and I'm so thankful that you are out there doing this. So uh, if if you ever need my assistance, I would all I would love to be uh, involved in a sustainability project uh, to uh, help uh, standardize in, in cannabis. I think that is needed above and beyond almost everything else at this point because it um, it undermines what cannabis is if it becomes the which it is right now the most labor intensive, energy intensive product that we currently produce and it is not supposed to be that it's supposed to be read remediation for you know nuclear sites by planting hemp and and it just becomes counterintuitive and we need to kind of go back to center in a lot of ways and find the best modalities that still re- remain profitable for the uh, the purveyors and the cultivators but we must do so sustainably so thank you for that mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I agree with you 100%. And I think where that t- ties into testing as well is that as we identify not only the quality of plants and help identify the best quality strains and, and continue research and work on improving strain quality, then we can start feeling more comfortable with outdoor and greenhouse grow rather than uh, perpetuating the notion that the best cannabis is grown indoors uh, sometimes under hot summer sun, under lights, which doesn't really make much sense from a sustainability point of view. Absolutely. And, well, you know, here in Arizona, we get very hot. My understanding is if you get to a certain temperature, uh, you know, cannabinoids uh, tend to stop producing. Um, and then, you know, you, you wind up having very airy um, bud sites as opposed to very dense because of the heat. Um, so, you know, it, it you know, some places you just kind of have to do indoor. Um, you know, in Alaska, you have a wonderful growing season. But, uh, you know, if you wanted to have that uh, next little run when it's, you know, 40 below, you probably <laughs> have to do it indoors. On, uh, so, I mean, having these uh, availabilities is definitely something that is is beneficial. And, you know, a lot of the ag world, you know, going vertical and, and you know, using uh, supplemental makes a ton of, uh, of sense. But, you know, I think what we need to do is in some ways – start to tie the hands so people just become creative you know so no no no, you can't use a thousand watts per four by four area you can only use 600 watts and you know making people look at other avenues for increasing as opposed to just trying to cram as much energy in a in, in a space as possible because that's at the end of the day uh, detrimental i agree i do agree not that this has much to do with testing mind you but <laughs> so um <laughs> So testing it itself, you know, um, here's another question that that um, I, I always puzzle with, you know, the uh, the need for, for testing. And, and I do agree that there's absolutely 100% need for testing. Um, but there's always those people that, you know, they, they'll come around in the back and say, well, you know, I was, I was smoking the stuff that was soaked in gasoline. I didn't die. Um, but what are some of the uh, problems that can happen from having moldy uh, cannabis or, you know, laden with pesticides? What are the known value or va- variables that can happen to a person by consuming uh, improper cannabis? Sure. Well, I think the biggest known is that there's still a lot of unknown. Um, we don't know what the health effects are of incinerating and inhaling certain pesticides, particularly on a repeated basis, and particularly by those individuals who may have a compromised immune system. Uh, There are certainly some substances we test for that are kind of dirtier than others. Um, The mycotoxins, the certain pesticides that can break down into other even worse compounds, like uh, hydrogen cyanide even in some cases. Um, But I think the, uh, the... 
interesting thing is we're benchmarking our testing to a lot of other traditional agricultural testing. So this world has really opened me up to seeing what are we doing for testing our other pro- the other products that we're consuming on a day-to-day basis. Um, the, a lot of the, the sampling protocols and the pesticides we test for are similar to what's tested for in agriculture. But again, keeping in mind we're actually incinerating this, we're inhaling it, um, and particularly with the concentrated products where one, a concentrated product will concentrate not only the cannabinoids, but the chemicals that go along with it, the pesticides, the um, other adverse compounds. So we are ensuring that it's safe. And, and I, would, I would suggest that many of, much of the, the non-legal market product is very likely contaminated as compared to product that has been tested um, and that uh, we have put rigorous controls in place to ensure that what's sold into re- through retailers is in fact clean. You know, it's it's one of those things. I, I remember, you know, as a, as a youth, you know, uh, daydreaming uh, about uh, the day I would get to walk into a 7-Eleven and buy a pack of joints. <laughs> and, uh, you know, while that hasn't necessarily happened yet, um, you know, the just all of the things that we've had to do to get to the point where we're at now. Um, with regards to cannabis, you know, and and never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought that we would have had to go through all the testing, but it makes so much sense. And, you know, when you when you even think about uh, just little things like uh, use of a bong versus a joint, right? You know, a lot of people think, oh, bong's going to be better because it cools it down, yada, yada. But then the only thing that I would say at that point is, look how turpentine is made. So perhaps pulling smoke through a liquid is probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> you know, and these are unknown right. variables that we have, you know, and, and again, you know, uh, we, we haven't been afforded an opportunity to really be able to test the way everything else is tested. So, you know, it's it's uh, important for us to collect as much of this data as humanly possible, as fast as possible, because it's not like we're slowing down. Correct. So speaking I, of... I think sl- that's one of the exciting... Yes. A hundred percent. We're not slowing down. We're, we're, we're diving in. And I was going to say one of the exciting things about the industry going forward is this acceleration of, of research and development. I mean, we've been stymied on doing any R&D for so many years. And now that it's opening up to doing the test, the research and industry that we need, um, and we have, we're, we're gathering the data. So the data, and we have obviously the incredible acceleration of, of, um, of intellectual power and computer power essentially to perform all these analyses that we couldn't do 20, 30 years ago. So I think that the acceleration of the beneficial aspects of cannabis, whether it's going to be used as just an everyday ingredient to our normal pharmaceuticals, you know, as an alternative to Advil and Nyquil, um, and an everyday alternative to alcohol and similar products for for just the everyday consumer. So I'm really looking forward to the normalization of that. And I do believe that it's accelerating in that direction and in ways beyond anything we even projected. You know, that's a, that's a great word for it, the normalization. And, you know, uh, many times in, in, in my show, I, I go back to, I can't wait until cannabis is no longer unique or it just is in your cupboard or not. And no one cares either way. And, and it's kind of a selfish view for myself uh, just because I've always lived with it. I couldn't imagine living without cannabis in my life. <clears throat> but, you know, I, 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 it shouldn't be something that we live for. Just live with. I agree. So uh, we got to take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, we have Lori Glauser, 
COO and co-founder of Evio Labs. We'll be right back with you folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Today we have Lori Glauser, COO and co-founder of Evio Labs. Uh, we've been talking about uh, well, several topics today. And, uh, you know, most importantly, uh, they have a fantastic uh, me- medical and recreational cannabis testing lab. And uh, for the listeners, uh, I would highly recommend taking a gander at their website. You can find uh, them at eviolabs.com. Um, beautiful website, by the way. Um, really a, a great source of information. Um, locations, I'm just going to kind of jump through real quick. California, Colorado, Florida, Massachusetts, and Oregon. Um, however, you had mentioned uh, a, a, a rapid expansion in California. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, uh, uh, your plans in California. Sure. Well, California is, as many of your listeners might be aware, um, going through a, a significant transition right now with introducing the uh, adult use market. Beginning on January 1st, there was a requirement for any cannabis produced or cannabis products produced or grown after January 1st had to be tested to the new state rules. And then on July 1st, there will be a requirement that none of the products sold from or all of the products sold through the retailers and dispensaries must be tested um, to these rules. So they're phasing in the process. Uh, and, and as we are coming into California to assist 
with providing the demand for all this testing, um, we anticipate there's going to be many more labs required throughout the state to meet the needs of, of all this testing that's coming up. How many uh, labs uh, would you estimate there are currently in California? There are currently approximately 29 labs that have temporary lab licenses. These are labs that um, applied to get their license with the state, and are, all of them are in the process of, or most of them, I would say, are in the process of attaining their more permanent annual license. And that requires demonstration of um, certain accreditations, including something called ISO 17025 accreditation, which is a fairly high bar to cross as far as demonstrating the quality of the work and the ability for labs to perform testing in a really accurate and um, repeatable manner. Um, So we anticipate that 29 number will grow. Um, However, if you compare that to Oregon, for example, with one-tenth the population, there are currently over 20 labs in Oregon serving just that one market. So we expect that there's going to be a demand for more labs. So we're in the process of, um, we're operating in Berkeley and Humboldt. We're developing in Los Angeles and down here in Orange County, where I am now. And we have a couple of other locations in our sites as well. You know, I, you know, just like you were saying, you know, with the population and size of California, uh, 29 seems like maybe closer to probably even less than a third of what's going to be needed. Yeah, and I do think it, you know, certain labs are going to be able to scale up and meet high volume demands. And um, we expect to be among those that are going to be able to provide a lot of the testing for for the state. But as I mentioned earlier, with the, the sampling requirements, we have to actually have people go out and physically pull samples from our distributor sites. So we will want to ensure that our labs are geographically distributed so that we can best meet the needs of our customers. So uh, for the testing in California, I just want to kind of jump back into that. So in, in California's testing, they actually will be requiring the testing company to go out and acquire the samples themselves. That's correct. And we'll do it through the distributors, which is unique to California to have this distributor layer. Um, And so what happens is the growers and processors, producers will will provide products to the distributor. The distributor will warehouse that product and then contact us for testing. So we'll go out to the distributor's warehouse, um, perform the test. And then once the tests have been complete, um, we certify the product. Then they're able to sell the product into the retailers. Wow, that's uh, that's unique. Uh, usually, you just drop off a, a you know a bag full of uh, you know labeled samples. <laughs> I, I, I I think <laughs> that's, right. that's a much more controlled environment, though. And again, that's something that that does need to be uh, you know paramount is is control. You know, and uh, you can't uh, measure and verify if you don't have appropriate controls in place. So that that is uh, you know very forth. Uh, uh, f- there's a lot of foresight in, into that modality. I definitely uh, appreciate it. Um, so. Expanding in California, any other uh, markets that you guys are uh, looking to uh, get into? Well, we're certainly keeping our eye on the expansion into other states, particularly as new states come online and as their testing needs uh, emerge. So um, we've, you know, we're we're getting our Florida lab kind of up and running as Florida rules are are continuing to evolve and develop. Um, Massachusetts is coming up with their adult, you know, they've got new agencies. Um, rules right now and they're about to license a number of new growers throughout the state so as we have our eye on these east coast labs and we're working to continue to develop those 
we're looking at other east eastern states, um, central states, and pretty much we'll be open to looking at opportunities as uh, as new states come online. So I'm assuming uh, Arizona was bypassed because of the uh, the no requirement for testing that we have here. <laughs> that's, that's true for now, right? So we definitely we definitely go to the states where testing is required by by state rule and. Um, and, and, and our experience has been, particularly in the last year, as soon as a state comes on with these rules, we start getting phone calls to say, hey, when are you coming out here to serve our market? And so we're evaluating a number of markets right now and look forward to, uh, to continuing this growth trajectory nationwide and even into Canada as well. So we do have a lab in Alberta right now in Edmonton. It's it's a beautiful market up there too. I have uh, several uh, friends that uh, are, are uh, processors and and purveyors up in uh, the Canada market, and it's it's definitely about to really really flourish. So it's exciting. It's exciting all the way around. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, come twenty twenty, we're going to wind up having a, a very unique. Uh, uh, set of circumstances that we get to have in front of us. Um, unfortunately, we're all out of time for today. Um, Lori, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, excited to uh, see what uh, comes out of Evio over the next few years and uh, wouldn't mind seeing that uh, as the uh, the gold standard across the country. That would be a, a beautiful thing to see. Uh, and of course, I'd like to thank, thank all you, of Dave. you. We look forward to that. Definitely, definitely. We look forward to it, too. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us for this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.